preaching is two things, basically, that we have endeavored to do. It is instructing the saints, but it is encouraging the sinner, the lost, to repent, to believe the gospel. This is our aim in preaching here. It is not for just talking, but it is to edify the saints, to exhort the unbeliever in our church. And instructing the saints, we have to read our Bible. We have to turn to, do, to the, not to Deuteronomy, but to Joshua, as we read these instructions. Joshua chapter 22. Joshua chapter 22. And I read the entire context. Sometimes I quote the top of the verse and then go through it. But today, I will read the context. Joshua chapter 22. It goes from verse 1 to verse 8. Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh and said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God have given rest unto your brethren, as he promised them. Therefore now return ye, and get you unto your tents, and unto the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side Jordan. But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you, to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, and to cleave unto him, and to serve him with all your heart, and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them, and sent them away, and they went unto their tents. Now to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given possession in Bishan, but unto the other half thereof, Joshua gave among their brethren on this side, Jordan, westward. And when Joshua sent them away also unto their tents, then he blessed them. And he spake unto them, saying, Return with much riches unto your tents, and with very much cattle, with silver, and with gold, and with brass, and with iron, and with very much raiment. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. This is the word of God. Now, brethren, we are entering the final major division of the book of Joshua. I gave the outline of the book when I started this series a long time ago. If you were taking notes, you should have the outline. Chapters 1 through 4, the conquering of the land of Canaan. Chapters 5 through 12, claiming the land. You can conquer the land, but you must claim the land. Chapters 13 through 21, possessing the land. Now chapters 22 through 24 is securing the land. Joshua 21 verses 43 through 45 concluded the third part of the book where Israel possessed the land. And in Joshua chapter 21 verses 43, through 45, I read, 
And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it, and dwelled therein. And the Lord gave them rest round about, according to all that he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Four times, brother, four times the word all is used. And these words are clear and unequivocal. They are really contrary, what I've just read, to what others say today, namely, that God didn't completely fulfill his promise to Israel. So there will be a future golden age coming when the Lord will pick up from where he left off. You have heard that teaching. It is called dispensationalism. We pastors like to use big words to intimidate our people. But let me explain to you, um, this theory is not supported in the scriptures where God has a euphoric age in the future for Israel. All that God had for Israel was given to Israel. Joshua 21 and verses 43 is quite unequivocal. The problem is that we have not understood the commentary in the Bible. The Bible must be interpreted with the Bible. And in the commentary, Hebrews 4, 8 and 9 says, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. They never had salvation. They never had the spiritual rest. God's promises are not to be viewed in an earthly, carnal way, but in a spiritual way. Hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm going against the tide of opinion, and I know what I'm saying. In our studies from the book of Joshua, we have three primary objectives. One is to show the historical record of God's faithfulness to his covenant promise. Israel may have had many skirmishes, but God led them into the promised land. In this life, we would have many difficulties, but God is faithful to carry his people to the promised land. The issue is, are you one of his people? The second objective is to show the moral aspect of God's word. There are instructions in the word of God in the Old Testament for Christians to follow. We seek to bring these things out. <coughs> our third objective is really our goal to show the gospel relevancy to the church today and how they can make applications to the word of God. That's preaching basically what it is. The conquest of the land of Canaan is a reminder that you and I face battles in this life. And the only way we will conquer is by obedience to our God. We have conflict in our homes. The only way we will conquer is by obedience to the word of God. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that. The more you disobey, the more conflict you would have. 
This chapter is an encouragement to the Lord's people who have served him faithfully. This is seen in Joshua 22 and his commendation to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh who were given an honorable discharge. Now, you guys in the military know what is that. I've talked about it a little. The three and a half tribes, as we know, received their inheritance on the east side of the Jordan with Moses. Before Moses died, this they, they were given their inheritance. And that's a beautiful picture to remind us that God has people on the Old Testament side of the cross, as well as the New Testament. I'm not going into that. But they were admonished by the man of God, Moses, in Numbers 32. And I said, if I'm instructing you in the Bible, you must turn to the Bible. In Numbers 32, verses 20 through 22, the man of God, Moses, said unto them, the, 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 the two and a half tribes, if you will do this thing, if you will go on before the Lord to war, I will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he have driven out his enemies from before him. Notice the faith of this man Moses. He knew that God would have been victorious. And the land be subdued before the Lord. Then afterward you shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. Moses went on to say, And if you, not, if you don't do it, behold, your sin will find you out. And I say this to you. If you and I are not faithful to God in our Christian walk, behold, your sin will find you out. It was a promise of judgment. Even though God is merciful, even though he's gracious, he's just. It would have been very easy for these one, Reuben, Gad, Manasseh, to stay in their comfort and do nothing, to sit back as the other nine tribes fight for, the, for themselves. In Joshua 1, Verses 14 and 15, Joshua, the servant of God, followed through on what Moses commanded in Joshua chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Hey, God says, flip your pages, brethren. Don't depend on me. Read the Bible. Joshua 1, 14 and 15. Notice Moses followed through. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. This is before the crossing. But you shall pass over before your brethren. Arm all the mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord have given your brethren rest as he have given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it. Here in Joshua 1, it became apparent that Joshua, the servant of God, would honor what Moses had commanded back in Numbers 32. He honored the command that Moses gave. And quite often, men that follow behind good leaders never follow through on faithful examples set before them by that leader. They don't follow through, and it has a telling effect on the ministry. But what a great blessing when you and I seek to be obedient to God's word. Pastors are instructed by other pastors and they bring their what they have gained to their churches. Paul said to Timothy, the things you have heard of me, teach other men that they would be faithful also. Who is going to carry the torch? 
Who is God raising up in this church? As I look around, who? Joshua followed through. What a great blessing. And what a great curse that comes upon whole congregations when they that follow past leaders disobey God's word. Joshua and the tribes kept their covenant agreement here in this text. I can go on and go on and go on with these applications. But this is the trust of this message today. I begin with my first heading, commendation for loyalty, verses 1 through 4. Commendation for loyalty. Now Joshua called the children of Reuben, Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh at headquarters, Shiloh. We know this place. It's a place where they worship. It's a place that later had the ark. It's a place that you should remember and know what it means. Joshua called them to headquarters where he gave these three and a half tribes an honorable discharge for loyalty. By the way, that's the message um, today. Commendation for loyalty. Verses 1 and 2. Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh and said unto them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you and have obeyed my voice. Notice the two go together. You have kept what Moses commanded you and you have obeyed my voice. And we must never forget the human element, the law of God, the man of God. God speak to his people through a voice. And that voice is normally a man declaring his word. And that word must be followed through. It's not the man that who is important. I ain't listening to he. It's not that. The he you are not listening to is God. And we are a lot of them in this church. With that attitude. But how satisfying this was for these three tribes who stayed the course. And many professing Christians in our day do not stay the course. They think that obedience is an option. And I hope you're listening to me carefully. This message was done maybe a month ago. These tribes made a commitment to stay the course with their brethren. Joshua, as he comes to the end of his campaign, commends them for their loyalty. Although we know, brethren, that it is God who gets the glory when people do his will, it is good to commend those who are loyal to the ministry. And I commend some of you. I always commend our ladies for their work here in keeping this place clean. I, I commend our men. Look, I, 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 I do at times. It's not all a lost cause. But we should commend people, but not all are like that. Quite a number are disloyal. And you know them, and you know yourself, brethren. But when people do good, they should be commended. It's not all negative in our ministry. There are many who have stuck with the ministry in hard times, while some has hauled sail for one reason or the next. We are reminded of God's word in Hebrews 6. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And the apostle went on to say, and we desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I am sure that Hebrews is referring to this. This is what Hebrews is referring to. We do not believe 
in rewards for faithfulness. But we believe that at the end of time, God will reward his people with the common reward of salvation. The salvation we are looking for and hoping for, God will give it to his people. Not because they work, but because of their faith. Remember in Matthew 25 and verse 34, that famous passage of scripture. Let me turn to it quickly, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34. There we read these words um, in that text, in, in Matthew 25, verse 34. Yes, verse 34. Well, I thank God that the page is ripped out, but now I hope that you look at it. In my page, the bottom page with that text is torn out. I don't know, but, but you know the text. Uh, but it, it is, it, it's a great text. Um, but the commendation by Joshua reminds us of what is known in the United States Armed Forces as an honorable discharge. It's similar to that. And you see where back in the Old Testament, you see where people get these things from. An honorable discharge is a formal release given to a member who has completed their services in an honest and a faithful manner. It is really the highest recognition given by their commander to show that a member has fulfilled all their duties as a serviceman in an exemplary manner. That's an honorable discharge. I believe that's what Brother Colin have. I would be disappointed if he had less, but I'll have to talk to him after to see what he had. He didn't, he didn't sneak out of the armed forces. I hope he had an honorable discharge. But long before the United States Armed Forces exercised this, this privilege and existed, there was an honorable discharge given to Joshua's soldiers. The Apostle Paul uses this image of loyalty to Christians today as he exhorted Timothy in 2 Timothy 2. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. This is what these three and a half tribes did. As a Roman citizen, Paul knew the requirements of a soldier and often use military terms to describe the disciplines of a Christian and the Christian life. One of those disciplines is loyalty. Loyalty not to a man, but to the Lord Jesus. And at times that loyalty is expressed in loyalty to the servant of God. No Christian leader deserved that. But it is a principle. Have manners. No one should expect to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, if they were unfaithful on this side of eternity. Don't, I don't care what you say. You can say how much decisions you made. Don't expect to hear well done if you are unfaithful. I would not preach that. The aim of the Lord's people is faithfulness and loyalty to their Savior. This is what the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh accomplished. God helped them to accomplish this, an honorable discharge. Joshua gave this commendation 
to these three and a half tribes for their loyalty and faithfulness. Now, there are three things that should be considered in this commendation. One, these ones were separately called by Joshua. Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They were selectively called before God, before Joshua. Second, they were faithful to their commitment. Verse 3, you have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. The commitment made, and I read it to you from Numbers, was to leave their comforts back home for the sake of the unseen. Back in the book of Numbers, Moses gave that command. Here in Joshua 22, the text says uh, that the command, the commandment of the Lord your God was not Moses' command. But this is the three and a half tribes were separately called. They were commended for keeping the given command. Third, the three and a half tribes were granted physical rest, cessation of any more battles. The war is finished physically. Verse 4, And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren, as he promised them. Therefore now return ye, and get you unto your tanks and unto the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave unto you on the other side, Jordan. Now today, brethren, as Christians, we are not motivated to serve for reward. We do not labor for pay. We are motivated by love for our Savior. You may remember in the days of the apostles, they had it wrong. And the Lord Jesus had to get them right in Luke 18, 28 through 30. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. The Christian's reward is a common reward, common everlasting life. The churches that teach, oh, hey, when we get there, we get rewards. Well, they have to teach that because they also teach a gospel of works. And therefore, they will look for rewards for work. Dismiss that. It's error. The reward is common. And I was teaching this from the time I was in my 20s. I'm ready to dead now. Still saying the same thing. Because it's biblical. So we see this commendation by Joshua. We come to our next heading. The charge to the departing tribes. Verses 5 and 6. I'll read these verses to you. In Joshua 22. Verses 5 and 6. But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you. To love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away. And they went unto their tents. Now, this, this command really is the ultimate charge given to all of the Lord's people. This was not only for them. It is the first and great command to love the Lord and to walk in his ways. This is what you are commanded. All people are commanded to do this. But this command can only find fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ who did this. And in those who he has redeemed, those he has saved, those he has given a new heart. They do, they, they do this. And a matter of fact, they want to be obedient. We sin, 
But we want to obey God. And that's how we are qualified with this command. It's an impossible command. You can't love the Lord with all your heart. God must give you that heart. That's the problem. God said to them, circumcise your hearts. But then later God says, I will circumcise your hearts. It's the new birth. It's what we ought to pray for, that God would give us a heart to obey him. This command is equivalent to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Ralph Davis said, Joshua commands before he commands. And this is a biblical pattern. End of quote. Paul the Apostle commended the Thessalonians for their work of faith and labor of love. But later he commanded them, for you know the commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from immorality. He commands what he commands. Revelation 2, the head of the church, the Lord Jesus commanded the church at Ephesus. They did well. They were pure in doctrine. But they lost their first love. And thus the head of the church said, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly. Remove your candlestick out of its place, except you repent. And the church isn't guaranteed to go on forever. God can remove us just like this. Unfaithfulness. A man could come in here and turn everything upside down. And if, if our men are not spiritually savvy, they would agree. Yes, he commands, but he commands. Joshua's charge was to be diligent, to heed to do the commands of God and stay close to him. The word cleave is the same word that is used and a man should leave his father and mother and cleave, be glued to his wife. But don't be so glued that you can't come church, though. Use this intimate word to cleave to the Lord. Though the three and a half tribes were to be separated by the Jordan, they must not be isolated from the disciplines of God. And I'll get to that in my application, by the way. Though some can be commended for deeds, of faithfulness, no one is exempt from the charge given to God's people. Therefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you should never fall. No Christian, whether layman or clergy, is exempt from the charge given to Christians. Growing grace. Keep yourself pure. Keep your eyes on the Lord. No Christian is exempt from that. As a matter of fact, clergy must first heed that command. Take heed of thyself and the doctrine that when you preach, you may save yourself and others who believe. The preacher must first believe what he's preaching, unless he's a hypocrite. These are two main heads from our context. Commendation given to the three and a half tribes for loyalty. How loyal are you? Or you have to be coarse all the time. I get, I get tired of that. It's not something I like to do. I hope you don't think I like to do that. I don't take pleasure in coercing people to be faithful. It grieves me.
a charge given to be fearful. That was the second head. We come to our third and final head, Joshua's gifts of charity. Joshua's gifts of charity. Verses 7 and 8. That's basically the context. Verse 7 and 8. Now to the one, half, one and a half tribe, to the one and a half tribe of Manasseh, to the one half tribe of Manasseh. You know, Manasseh, Mia, um, Manasseh had two inheritance, two, two, two lots of land. You knew that? Well, I'm going to tell you, look at your map. Manasseh, you knew that? that you know, many people don't know that. Manasseh had one on the east side and one on the west. And if you look at your map very accurately, you go, why did it not two? Well, I don't know. Sometimes God gives a person a double portion of the spirit. Nobody, nobody should fight. But Joshua is talking to the other Manasseh. Uh, the, the one half tribe of Manasseh, Moses has given possession in Bashan. But unto the other half thereof gave Joshua among their brethren on this side of the Jordan westward. And when Joshua sent them away also to their tents, tents, then he blessed them. Now Manasseh, as I said, had two lots in the promised land, one on each side of Jordan. There may be some spiritual significance for this, but I will leave it alone. <coughs> Both were sent to their respective lots with Joshua's blessing. And verse 8 says, and he spoke unto them, saying, This is the tribe that is going back, the tribes that are going back. Return with much riches unto your tents, and with very much cattle, with silver, with gold, and with brass, and with iron, and with very much raiment. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. Now Joshua didn't hoard anything. He was a gracious man. He gave them their due. And I say this because the Lord does not leave his people spiritually impoverished. The Lord gives gifts to his people. He furnishes his children with the gifts of the Spirit. He gives other common grace, graces to us as well. This is what these gifts symbolize. The psalmist asks rhetorically, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Then he answers, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Joshua's men returned home with the spoil of the land that they conquered. It is a picture. Today you and I do not have the spoils of this world's goods. You wouldn't have much. Some of you have, or some of us have more than others. But God has given us greater graces to divide with our people. And I hope we are utilizing those graces. Notice that Joshua says, divide it with your brethren. God has given us much. We have the blessed gospel. We have the blessed Holy Spirit. We have other means whereby we can bless our people. It is sad. Sometimes the news you hear as a pastor, sad, sad, sad. We have the means are we providing those means that others can be touched by the gospel? We're reminded in 2 Kings chapter 7 of a man who went, or of a people who went into enemy camp. You may remember this. And found all the wealth left behind as the Syrians fled. 
They began to hoard all the, the spoil, the loot, until they came to their senses. God wake them up. They say, one to another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. What does the phrase good news remind you of? This day is a day of glad tidings. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some evil will come upon us. Now therefore come. Let us go and tell the king's household. These lepers did that. Well, you think God just regard this for fun? We're lepers. Who have been given gifts. Joshua gave great gifts. And those gifts were not to hoard. They were to dispense. We did an excellent thing a few, uh, last week. We made an announcement, and if you ain't here, you need to hear it. We decided to give the poor people in Zimbabwe a hamper, each one, for Christmas. And our people responded beautifully. But I'm sure some have sneaked away and didn't give. Well, if you didn't hear, now is the time to give. God give us gifts that we can give others. It's a moral lesson, I said. It contains a moral lesson. This is one of them. Joshua gives to Reuben, Ephraim, and the half-tribe of Manasseh were but temporal. They were for earthly comfort. The Lord's gifts to his people are meant for spiritual goals. We are called to share those gifts. This is our exposition, sister, of Joshua 22. We have completed our exposition this morning. Commendation for loyalty. As they were departing, second, a charge to be faithful. Third, Joshua's gracious gifts of charity. Now in our conclusion, I call us to consider a few things by way of application. One, in due time, the Lord will commend his servants. If you are a Christian, a true Christian, I don't know, in due time, the Lord will commend you. He said in Matthew 25, 40, this is why I was looking for Brother Depot. It is here. Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Never think that the time or the treasure you give to the church is to the church. The moment you think like that, when a different man passes to come, you ain't gonna give because you don't like him. This is how Christians operate. If they like the pastor, they give. I'm brother thing. I don't ever forget your name. Prudence. You better listen. If you don't like him, you don't give. And I know of some of the problems back there. And I wouldn't call anybody's name. But the church don't give because they don't like the man that is leading them. That is not a Christian. You give because you're a man. I tell them I say that. Run with it. You heard it first at City View. In due time, God would command his people. Christians do not labor for reward, but God would honor his promise. You may even see when you're dead and gone, your loved ones become comforted. Dead and gone. I've known saints, dead and gone. Those who they were praying for, God moved 
them out of the way. Brother Benny, save their loved ones. Be faithful. God will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good work seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil. Of the Jew first, and also of the Greek. Romans 2, 6 through 9. In due time, the Lord will command his people, but the Lord will also judge the unsaved. Today, no one may see our labors, and not many will thank you for your service. Not many will go unnoticed. Even in our church, things are done here and nobody noticed. It took somebody to buy these flowers and put here. Nobody noticed. Don't ever look for thanks. Don't ever look for reward. Brethren, don't look for it. No one sees. But just remember, no redeemed soul will be forgotten. In due time, the Lord will command his people. But there's a second lesson here. The Christian has a charge. Joshua was clear. Though the three and a half tribes were dismissed over the Jordan, there were not freelance journalists. There are a lot of freelance Christians. I don't know where they get that from. There's no such animal. The servant Joshua was out of sight, but not out of touch. He said, but take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways. Joshua would be out of sight. But he's still speaking. Figuratively speaking, many may think that because they are across the river or beyond the borders of Shiloh, that they're not accountable. They think that way. No one sees me, after all. Too far away. Come when we want, go when we want, go where we will, where, where we desire. I'm talking to some of you, obviously. No accountability. Not so with the Christian. There's a charge for every soldier. Others, by divine providence, have left the confinements of the church. <laughs> Where the gospel is proclaimed. Some may be students. Others may have a job. Yet, some may have relocated. But they are spiritually idle. Not going anywhere. Oh yeah, they may go somewhere when they please. When no one is going to tell them or ask them anything. They may go there. They may go some, somewhere. But not with any frequency. Is that the church you want, Pastor Tate, the pastor? Is that the kind of church you want here? Uh, tell me. Out of sight. Out of mind. Out of sight does not mean that one is exempt from the charge to God's people. Not so. Or Joshua says, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as some is. But draw near. Out of sight. 
Some of you are like that. Just remember the word of God. As written in the book of Galatians 6 verse 6. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows that shall he reap. For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But the one sowing to the spirit will reap eternal life. These three and a half tribes. We're sowing to the spirit. And they reap. <coughs> In due time, the Lord will commend his people. Second, as Christians, we still have the Lord's charge, no matter where we are. Lastly, you have been very patient. As God's people, we will honor his commission. We will honor his commission. The three tribes did not leave empty-handed. The Lord has not left us empty-handed. We are to share <coughs> the spoils with the enemy. The enemy... For those who are unsaved, but we share the spoil with our people, the brethren. There are those in other places who need to see the love of Christ. The church has a commission, no matter how bad it seems. So let us thank God this morning for giving us his word. History in the Old Testament is nothing but gospel to us today. May God bless us. Let's pray. Amen. Lord in heaven, you didn't have to, but so beautifully you have given us the word of God. And Lord, we thank you for your help in proclaiming the word of God. Just forgive us, O oh God, if we overstep our liberty in saying what we should not have said. But we pray, Lord, that you will take everything that is profitable and bring conviction and conversion on the hearts that you desire to save. We commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen.